Welcome back to the Rod Years Podcast. Did I say Rod Years? I believe you did. I meant Rod Years. Speaking of stupid things I said, I made I, I finished listening to last week's podcast yesterday, or two days ago, actually. Yeah. I was just finishing up now. Was it when you congratulated yourself on how good your first pick was? <laughs> well, that was a good pick. <laughs> it was. It but. was, but no, I said about the Smashing Pumpkins video that MTV played it like a beaten horse. <laughs> I didn't get to that yet. I gotta listen to it. How do you play something like a beaten horse? I want to know, Orion. I want to go back in time and ask myself how I play something like a beaten horse. I'm sorry for those listening to every podcast and you thinking our, that our I equestrian friends. Right. No, I'm just saying to the people who assumed any of us were intelligent. Well, intelligence uh, knowledge doesn't necessarily imply wisdom and to be fair you know i think we're both pretty bright but the second you put a microphone in front of anyone maybe with the exception of uh neil degrasse tyson Mm -hmm. uh everyone becomes an idiot yeah the second they put a microphone in front of you you say something stupid tell me about it it just shorts out the brain every time i'm listening to the podcast and i hear the stupid things coming out of my or when I chuckle at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, I just want to go back and... Uh, no, come on. You're hysterical. I have my moments. But... That was pretty funny. Of course it was funny. Uh, so, uh, be- we don't have any news, but I, f- I figured I would start... <sighs> Do you remember when we were kids? And... Yes. Seeing... New products advertised for food-wise on TV, or seeing that, like spotting them in the grocery store, and I've never seen this before. This must be new. That was always something that was pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of blogs dedicated to just that, and um, I like to read these, even though I'm not really a food guy. Yeah, I'm just interested in knowing what's out there. So I figured I would go on and talk about and give you a review of some of the things I've tried. Maybe do a live review here on set. Oh, boy. Stop looking around. I know you want to know what I have for you. Is it that purple bag? (laughs) Yes. So first, Hershey's Kiss Deluxe. I didn't even know they made these. I guess they're supposed to uh, compete with those fancy hazelnut chocolate things. Oh, like the ones with like the gold oil and shit? So they're Hershey's Kiss Deluxe. They released a marble cheesecake flavor. I don't know. Do people like pretend like they're like wealthy by eating chocolate wrapped in foil? Or I don't know, but cheesecake must be the spring flavor because Koo Whip has released a limited edition cheesecake flavored Koo Whip. So that's something too. So if you get, I, I really say Koo Whip. I know it's, it's rather, I know it's like rather deceiving, but just by looking at me, you wouldn't under- believe that I'm not a fan of cheesecake. Neither am I. No, I don't. Get I it. prefer cream cheese, and it's savory. Yes. Yeah. I could eat a whole bucket of cream cheese like that. Oh my goodness! Speaking of, I just bought a. Uh, How do you not look like me? I don't know. I just bought a uh, a t- two uh, the tub of Kraft garlic and herb cream cheese, mm. Philadelphia. It's delicious. You can just spoon it out and 
eat it. Because there's no carbs in, well, there's very little carbs in green juice. I wonder how that, would, how that would do wrapped in uh, Lebanon bologna. <laughs> Probably delicious. Well, everything wrapped in Lebanon, Lebanon bologna yeah, is delicious. absolutely. So in fast food news... As you've, have you seen the latest incarnation of garbage from Taco Bell? Uh, I heard about it. The Taco Bell naked chicken chips. I tried it. Tried yes. them yesterday. They're delicious. They are just like the Chalupa, which I also tried, and we mm-hmm. talked about on the show. They are freaking delicious. They're these spicy little triangles uh, of chicken like nuggets almost, but they're real thin. And they, they give you a little cup of their spicy nacho cheese with them. Mm-hmm. And you could order six or 12. I just got six, and six filled me up. So that's why I'm, because I get filled up on six little triangles of chicken. I, I like the picture that they flatten the entire chicken out first and then right. kind of carve it up like you yeah, would like with a cookie cutter. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, and they're delicious. I could give you, I could attest to that. I tried these. Uh, next, Ben and Jerry's has announced a new flavor called Bob Marley's One Love. Can you guess what flavors are in One Love? I'm not even going to let you try. It's banana ice cream with caramel and graham cracker swirls and fudge peace signs. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I like French vanilla. One love in diabetes. I'm a very bland <coughs> ice cream kind of person. Yeah, I'm not to, really an ice cream at all. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I like know. my cookie dough. Here, here's an idea I had a few years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, and it looks like it's finally happening, but not like I, I pictured... One of the best things in the world, and you won't understand this because you don't eat cereal, mm-hmm. is drinking the milk from your bowl after eating the bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. I usually dump that because <laughs> it's just, why do I want mushy milk? I don't even like when my cereal starts getting a little soggy. That's why I like that, that non-nutritive cereal varnish that Clark was working on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's how it, you know, gets a Christmas vacation. Or the pool, the swimming pool bonus. Yes. Uh, so I guess this this company, the original cereal milk, has put out powdered drink mixes that taste like uh, Frosted Flakes or Cinnamon Toast Crunch or a Peanut Butter Crunch. And they stole my fucking idea. I wanted to sell like prepackaged, like branded Cinnamon Toast Crunch mm-hmm. milk. You know, but I'm not the powers that be at General Mills, so I couldn't do it. So you know Oreos is now like the new... I don't. Even, I don't even know how to say it, but Oreos puts out new flavors like every week, really, every season. Yeah, I know. Like they would do like the green ones. That cr- cr- I thought it was just food coloring. It's actually a oh, flavor. Oh no, no, no! There's flavors out the. Yink. They did Swedish fish ones last summer. See, I don't know how that would work for me because I like Swedish fish, but it has to be in the form of was, a gooey little fish. Chocolate cookies with Swedish fish flavored cream in between them. They also did. Um, uh, fruity pebble ones (laughs) fruity pebble flavored they did which it was like fruity rice crisp flavored they've this past spring they did peeps flavored cream in between uh uh yellow the yellow cookies Mm -hmm. and lemon in between yellow cookies and i i was told that they are delicious i never tried them personally now for summer in the vanilla yellow cookies they're releasing waffles and syrup oreo Yes, waffles and syrup flavored Oreo, which I think might taste fantastic. I gotta try these. I gotta get a bag. I'll get just, a bag and eat one. And I just say, mm. shuddered at that. They're oh. also releasing in the chocolate cookie version firework Oreos, which are regular Oreos with uh, pop rocks, essentially in red, white, and blue in in the cream. God bless America. God bless America. So 
Yeah, that's that's what's coming up in Oreos. And finally, Squeezer, M&M's has launched a new flavor. Uh, I saw them at the store this morning when I was buying my uh, ultraviolet monster energy drink. <laughs> and I figured, well, there's no sugar in this. I might as well buy these and we could try these live on air. These are caramel M&M's. And hmm. I'll give you a couple here. Okay. And I'll right, take ready. a couple. Get, get the mic up nice and close to my mouth so everyone can hear me. <laughs> hmm. A little chewy. You don't taste the caramel at first. No, but it's like a... You get it afterwards. Hang on. Now you're turning our viewers off. People are watching this? Listeners, dick. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's like a crunchy Snickers bar. Kind of. There's like, a, a, like a Twix. No, it tastes like a yes. Twix. Yeah. It's Twix in crispy ball form. Ah. Hmm. Uh, this, <clears throat> this is good podcasting. This is. So we, we just did a live taste test. So you could get these new M&M, M&M's Caramel. I saw them at the convenience store. Uh, they're not bad, but I don't think I'd buy them again. Would you? I I would never buy them. Yeah, I'm not a candy guy. But if you are, but if you have a bowl of jelly beans out at like around Easter, the entire thing will be gone within twenty to thirty minutes. Oh yeah. And I take one at a time. I just make multiple passes back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. If you want to trap a squeezer, put out a bowl of jelly beans. Or, You'll get them on one of the passes. Or get one of those little gumball machines and fill it with Mike and Ike's, right. especially the hot tamales. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, like at a hockey stadium. Mm-hmm. You could do that to, oh, that's good to trap you. Just don't, don't like have them all in your hand for some time and walk around them. Otherwise, you just have a big red hand. And also, if you're going to just put them in your pocket, wrap like a napkin around it. Otherwise, you get the little lint things and you have to pick the lint out from your teeth. It's kind of awkward. So what what'd you think? You want to hear more at, as the weeks go on? You want to hear more about this, this the junk keep, food being you released? bringing me candy. Yeah, well, yeah. So what are we actually talking about today? What's the topic? Nick, 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 So what's the topic? <laughs> <laughs> we, we are speaking about... Our childhood memories of probably the most important broadcast network, well, cable network to ever exist for a child. Yes. We're talking about Nickelodeon. I was torn on picking just five. At first, I couldn't fig- think of five to pick. Mm-hmm. And then once I delve in, I dove in, oh. I, it, was, it was tough for me to weed out. My short list was not short. Your short list is never short. No, so it doesn't count for you. Right. But for me... When I have a tr- when I have trouble picking five, like I actually like because I could have gone because then I think well I can always work this in another show down the road like cartoons like spoilers there's no Rocco's Modern Life on my list oh. it was here but then but I'm like Squeezer Brain tricked it out Squeezer Brain yeah, yeah so we'll works. have Rocco down the road um so what's your fr- you're going first. Yes. So I figure I went last week. I figure why not if we're going to talk Nickelodeon, let's have let's introduce ourselves to the host of Nickelodeon. Hi. I'm Stick Stickly. Oh, where's the fire? 
I'm here at the entrance of Nick Studios, where I'll be your host of Nick in the Afternoon. Every weekday from 3 to 5, that's uh, 2 to 4 Central, you'll get your regular Nick lineup, plus me, Stick. We'll go behind the scenes, answer viewer mail, and hopefully I'll give some stuff away. Don't forget, 3 to 5 every weekday, and stick with Nick in the afternoon. <laughs> I thought of that one. That's pretty cool. Stick with Nick. I like that. Whoa, buddy! Hey! Oh, boy. Do you remember Stick Stickly? Of course I remember yes. Stick Stickly. It was a popsicle he was, stick, He was right? a work of art. Uh, art and craft. Yes, Stick Stickly was the host of Nick in the Afternoon. I always felt like he was more involved, but the, I think they used him for promos and stuff, and he was in all the the breaks and sweepers, and he had his own little segments like, uh, uh, what was it, Stick, stick, uh, stick Witness News? Stick Witness yeah. News. Uh, so Stick Stickly was a popsicle stick. Right. Uh, with googly eyes, yeah. a yellow jelly bean nose, and a little like, I don't know, fuzzy black mouth, kind of like a pipe cleaner kind of mouth thing going on. And he introduced all of these segments, and he had the U pick where kids can, you know, write in. Which uh, oh, if you wanted to write in, you could write into. Write to me, stick stickly, P.O. Box nine six three, New York City, New York State, one oh one oh eight. That still like just rings in my head. So Stick Stickley had a New York PO box, and no one would stock him down in Florida. Yeah, well, I, I think they and depressed their tongue with him. Orlando didn't rhyme, so they just went with uh, New York. Yeah, um, but he was kind of like the Mister Bill of uh, Nicola. Uh, kind of the voice was there too, which the voice was done by who the hell did the voice? It was Paul Christie. Paul Christie. Yes. And I tried because um, that who, voice seemed familiar, well, but he's he, really not known for anything else. A lot of commercial stuff. He mm-hmm. did the Budweiser uh, lizard. <laughs> wow. That was big. Um, so, yeah, uh, Nick in the Afternoon ran, and this ran in the summers. It was a summer block of TV, and it ran from 95 to 98. Right. Well, I mean, that's where his, its captive audience was, mm-hmm. the summers. Yeah. But still, it would be like, you know, outside. What what were the key shows to Nick in the Afternoon? Uh, well, it was kind of like a mishmash of everything. They would do like some, uh, there'd be some Nick tunes and stuff in there, and like Hey Dude. But then they you can also have like random stuff. Like uh, they would throw like a, a Nick at Night show on, like a, a classic, you know, Mister Ed or a Lassie in the middle of the afternoon, and that's when you'd be like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna go outside. <laughs> and um, wasn't there a dolphin flipper? Flipper. Yeah, Flipper yeah. was in there. I remember Flipper always being on at like 6.30 in the morning because I would wake up early because I was a early riser and I would get up, do my thing, make my breakfast, watch Mr. Wizard, and then watch Flipper and then I would go to school. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then Stick Stickly, like they would uh, basically, yeah, like Mr. Bill torment him. Like he'd get trampled and stuff, but he would also, they'd have U-Dip where they would pick... Kids can pick various substances to then dip stick stickly in. Yeah. So it was basically a form of torture. <laughs> um, eventually, he got his own show. Uh, he had like two shorts, and there was a uh, Oh Brother, where he traveled to New York to find his uh, lost brother. Right. Is that? No. Oh, I thought you were. No. You're taking a pause for. No, I was just clearing my head. Uh, and then, yeah, that lasted until 98. And then they brought him back, I guess. There was, I am not aware of... Probably Splat, beyond, right? Yes. Well, he came back for Splat. And then there was a... 
What the hell is the one they brought back in like 2016? It didn't make my little sheet that I wrote down. See what happens when my brain starts wandering? Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, but um, yeah, I remember Stick was fun. He, uh, I guess it was, they needed a way to keep your attention in between shows. And uh, he, uh, a friend of ours, he was uh, maybe two years, three years younger than me. Well, he was obsessed with Stick Stickly. The point where he had his very own stick stickly. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, didn't look anything like him, which is sad because nothing against the people at Nickelodeon. He's not the most complex um, creature in TV and cinema. Right. But this kid still couldn't pull off a decent looking stick stickly. Um, but so we were mean nah. and just kidnap stick stickly oh i don't think we actually ever did anything to him it was more fun the threat of violence upon his stick stickly was more enjoyable to us <laughs> than actually committing violence upon that stick stickly not good people you're a terrorist organization and pretty age. much wow yeah that is how terrorism works isn't it yeah Ooh. anyway so you know how sometimes during you pick it would land on the occasional I Love Lucy or The Monsters or Brady Bunch. Mm -hmm. Those shows came from a little block of television known as... Nick, 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 oh, Nick, 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 oh, Nick, not Nick, that Nick. one. <laughs> this one. For your viewing pleasure. Hello out there from TV Land. If you're a member of the TV generation, then Nick at Night is the place for you. TV classics all night, every night on cable TV. It's good TV, guaranteed. Come visit us in TV Land. You remember Nick at Night, Squeezer, of course. Oh, absolutely. So Nick at Night introduced us kids to shows that our parents and maybe grandparents watch. Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking Mr. Ed. I'm thinking Green Acres. I'm thinking Bewitched. I Dream of Genie. I'm talking Get Smart. I'm talking Dragnet. I was a Dobie Gillis fan. <laughs> of course I was. Uh, what else was on? Uh, every, the Monsters. Mm -hmm. Adam's Family. At, well, uh, yeah, some, at some point there was Adam's. I Love Lucy was a big one. Yeah. Uh, I Love Lucy was huge. Uh, so, yeah, Nick at Night was was that. And uh, where it uh, there was a particular show on Nick at Night that uh, in, piqued my interest. And I never, I would always want to, uh, never want to miss it. And I remember specifically always we had this little, like, I think nine-inch tube television, me and my brother, where we'd occasionally I'd get to stay up on Monday nights and watch primetime wrestling. And sometimes they'd play, like, it was when Cartoon Network would at night play just old, like, uh, like Pink Panthers or old, mm -hmm. like, Looney Tunes. So this was, in the, this was all, like, 94-ish, 93-ish, you know, 92-ish. But there was a show called Alfred Hitchcock Presents oh. that I was obsessed with. And then I started asking more about Alfred Hitchcock and found out about The Birds. And Sci-Fi at the time did a, a sequel to The Birds, Birds 2, which is horrible, but I was still mm -hmm. into it. Then North by Northwest, then Rear Window. I was that blockbuster. Every time I could get there, I'd rent a Hitchcock movie <laughs> because Alfred Hitchcock presents this. Who's this man in the silhouette? And that's what that... 
And that's what Nick and I did for you. Opened you up to a, a right. world of and, things. And I it, think it was really... We, it was a good bonding with my dad. He loved Dragnet yeah. and Get Smart, and we'd watch Dragnet. And we, we were last weekend speaking about the Dragnet remake, the Dan, Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks Dragnet mm-hmm. remake movie. That movie's fantastic if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's really funny, really well done. And I was critically panned, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know... It's a good cult movie. I'm sure you could pick, find issue right. with it. Sure. But Dan Aykroyd plays a great Joe Friday. Yeah. But the old Dragnet was really good, L.A. Dragnet. You mm-hmm. know, it was, it was good stuff. So, oh, they also played that uh, Car 54, Where Are You? Remember that one? That mm-hmm. was one of my dad's favorites, too. Was Adam 12 on there, too? It probably was. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, I just sound like another cadre old man. Because I don't know, there's so much out there now, you know, new stuff coming out. It's right. hard to watch old stuff. Whereas it, I think, I don't know if this came, made like a foundation or like for you, it introduced you to Hitchcock. Yes. Which I'm sure in some way, you know, got drove you, low got level you enough. local cable television. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every day we're just creating our own little Marnie. I remember being. <laughs> I remember being down at my friend Matt's house. We, he was also, we were in the Hitchcock, and he's now into into this too, but we were wa- watching the original Birds, and it was with Tippi Hendren, you know. But I, we'd all, that all came from uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents mm-hmm. on Nick and Night. And um, I love Mr. Ed. Yeah. Burr, Wilbur. <laughs> I would love to see them. Oh, we were talking Ed. about them remaking it again. And you if, can never do it. And if they were to do it, would they try They Of course, CG him talking. But it would still probably look more realistic just sticking peanut butter in his gums. Yeah. yeah. And then you can have a whole separate second show of just PETA protests. Yep. <laughs> I don't get why you would protest that. Peanut butter is delicious. I'm sure a horse would love it. Even though I'm sure it's probably torturous because he's trying to get this shit off of his teeth. It's delicious. Genie or Samantha? <sighs> Genie. Really? Yeah. Mm, Samantha. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I, I'm surprised all of these haven't been... I'm surprised Green Acres hasn't been remade into a movie yet. Let's I'm see, sure Think it, about the remakes. Be- Beverly Hillbillies was on, sure. remade. Uh, Bewitched, remade. Was I Dream of Genie remade into a movie? Not, uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, Brady Bunch. They tried to do the monsters. Uh, the Wayne family tried to do the monsters. Really? Yeah. And it didn't, didn't take. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, I like. I just. I think it's important. Like you kind of look back, and it gives you a foundation and appreciation of. I, I like. There's a timeline. You see what we had before, and it, some of those shows still hold up. And at New Year's, I am. I'm that guy that will sit there and watch out Honey's Mooners marathon. Throughout the whole <laughs> from front to back. Throughout the moon, Alice. Well, that was Nick and Knight. As important as Nickelodeon was, Nick and Knight. Was also important. I mean, it's great. It was our parents watching Nickelodeon with us. I mean, it's brilliant on their part. And, and letting us stay up late to watch yeah. the shows they but, like. But think about those executives, like the brilliance there of like, all right, well, we lost this kid audience because it's late. They're in bed. Well, they used to go off the air, mm-hmm. Nickelodeon originally. Well, first it was Pinwheel. Let's go Pinwheel. into a history. Yes. And then they formed Nickelodeon and then they were losing money in $10 million in their first uh, few years. And then they brought in this old programming that w- was cheaper to to air in syndication and started a late night programming blog with it and it took off 
So, yeah, that was Nick and Knight. And then next would be Squeezers. Next pick. Rose Harder Zip. Tell us about it, Squeezer. So, Wienerville is the brainchild of Mark Wiener. Um, Did, didn't this exist in some form of commercial or something before it became a show? I honestly don't even... I couldn't tell you. I, I know he did a lot of these bits and little segments that they had on the show were some of the stuff that he brought over from either his stand-up or he was on SNL for a, a period of time. I think more in the vein of a, a writer. Uh, but uh, Wienerville was... So, and a lot of the puppets and stuff, from what I understand, like, he made, like, himself. A lot of this was just his creations. Um, and they were puppets, but it was with his head. Right. So, there's little tiny hands and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, like, you you saw a baby Jeffrey in the opening sequence. He always introduces Mark, and he always has a little stick that he can knock over something and break it. And he's like, ha! Ah! Look at me! I'm a baby, and I break things. Um, Dottie, who is kind of the, the main, the mayor protagonist slash antagonist, just kind of gets. Once the show started having a running plot um, in like its later episodes, she would kind of drive that story forward. And she had Zip, who is again kind of like that slapsticky Mister Bill, you know, uh, physical humor puppet, and. Uh, and yeah, it was in Wienerville, and it's like a little city that Mark Wiener would, as himself, walk around in. And then they had the different little uh, storefronts, which were all TV monitors, because all this stuff was pre-recorded. Because right. he was also the puppets. Right. He was the host of the show. So he was he was Dottie. As, as then, a kid, question. Yes. Did you want to get Wienerized? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so at, towards the end of the show, you can get Wienerized. <laughs> and they'd basically put you in these two little outhouses with, or like those like little head crop out where you could stick your head in and right, take right. a picture. And then they'd lower you into the floor and then they'd go to commercial break. Of course. And then you'd come back and you would participate in a, um, uh, what the hell did they call it? Uh, Playland game. Mm-hmm. And so you were the wienerized people and like you'd, you had your head there and you would control the little hands and then you would have, usually a lot of times it was like the parents got wienerized. Right. And then the kids would have to, like, they have games like we would load pies into like the uh, catapult and like launch pies back and forth and then eventually you would get slimed or gacked or uh, watered or something like that. And then the winner, the runner-up got the silver weenie, <laughs> the winner got the golden weenie. You always wanted the golden weenie. You always weenie. wanted the golden weenie. Um, because and they would pull these people out of the audience because it was in front of a live audience. 
Which, so, yeah, that was Nickelodeon's yeah. thing. Um, yeah, so, and it was shot down at Nick Studios in Orlando. Um, they also had uh, uh, Cocktail Frank and his weenies. That was the yeah. house band. Uh, and then, do you remember Boney? No. He was the, the, the uh, dinosaur skeleton that was like oh, yes. manic, mm-hmm. depressant, and uh, just miserable. I'm Boney, I'm Boney, leave me alone would be his little jingle. Uh, he was like a parody of Barney. And then there was uh, uh, Sako. Do you remember Sako? Yes, he was with upside uh, down. Mankind. Well, <laughs> no, true. Yes, you're right. Okay, but this Sako was like this uh, '50s greaser or punk ginger puppet that was an upside down ham puppet. So like his finger, he would walk. He would walk around like the city like himself, but with the puppet on his arm, and he'd just be walking, like leaning down with his fingers, walking as the legs. Hmm. And then Sokka would, you know, kick Mark Wiener in the butt, and he was just very rude, but, and would interact with the people, and uh, it was like their, uh, I just draw a blank. I'm trying to think of the... Man on the street? Yeah, man on the street thing. I'm just trying to think of a character that does man on the street stuff, but it was the <laughs> Wiener version. Uh, and then, like, he would do things like Captain Bob, which he had a boat, and he would bring a kid in from the audience, and they'd get on the boat, and then he would, you know, just mess with the kid, a lot of, like, puns and goofy shit, and then every now and then he's like, oh, tidal wave, and then the kid stands there and someone offset just throws a bucket of water on the kid. <laughs> I always wanted to be on Wienerville. I could see that about you. I can tell instantly. That you were. So, yeah, it ran from 93 to 97, uh, and originally it started off as like a, a Sunday block, where it was just on Sundays, and it would be like four half-hour episodes just crammed in there. And then it was so successful that they made it daily, and it ran through uh, Nick in the Afternoon. And like so there's stuff like Stick Stickly introducing uh, Wienerville, and even Stick Stick, Stick Stickly... Uh, hosted when they had the Wienerville elections. He was uh, a correspondent during the Wienerville uh Well, I mean, elections. I wouldn't see why not. No, it was, well, Stick, Stick Witness News had to be there. <laughs> uh, and it's still out there. Uh, Mark Wiener is still doing his thing. Doing his thing. <clears throat> He's got the, got the YouTubes, and uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of bony stuff out there now and doing some, still doing some Wienerville uh, material on the internets. <clears throat> well, as long as the internet's alive, Wienerville will never die. So, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, 
Uh, oh, you got me so excited now. Camp Counselor Ugg. So this show was weird for Nickelodeon Squeezer mm-hmm. because it was filmed on location in Los Angeles. And the first season ran 13 episodes, and then they made everyone retry out for the second season. It was super successful, but expensive. And it cost $100,000 an episode to do the first season and $150,000 to do the second season. For a Nickelodeon show, that is pricey. Yes. So Nickelodeon wanted the show to move to Orlando, and none of the cast wanted to do it. So it got canceled after two seasons. It only lasted two seasons. Two, two seasons. It feels like, in my mind... It went on it forever. Because this was my this was my show. This is my favorite. Me too. I loved it. Donkey Lips. Nick, yeah. Yeah. 91 to 92. Really? Yep. I would have told you that show ran from 90 to 95, 96. No, it was another. See, Nick, Nick was known for the summer shows. Yes. So this aired a June of 91 to July of 91 and June of 92 to July of 92. What like, the Just hell? one month and... It, 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 then they just, like any kid's show, re-aired the shit out mm-hmm. of every episode. And we have memories of Goldfish. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, the cast members didn't want to relocate to Orlando, and that was the only way the show would continue. And <clears throat> I mean, yeah, Budnick's got a, had a thing going, man. Uh, it was the second highest rated key- cable TV series for kids 6 to 11 during its second season. And despite not having aired new episodes in four years, Salute Your Shorts was among the top 15 highest rated regular scheduled basic cable series in 1996. See, they were just raking in the dough at that point. Right. They were just, uh, you know, just selling advertising on the show they didn't have to pay for anymore. And of course, royalties go out to the cast, but they basically like, fuck it, you know. And then now they're airing it on the splat. And uh, I believe it's on iTunes and Amazon, wherever you can find it. But uh, I know the guy who played Donkey Lips shows up at cons a lot of the time. And they did a reunion a couple years ago in L.A. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, Salute Your Shorts, Camp Onawana. I, I, always, I was always confused because he would always talk about how he wanted to go to Dairy Queen. And I didn't have, like, a Dairy Queen around me. Mm. At that point, so I'm, I didn't know what the hell a Dairy Queen was. <laughs> Who, Donkey Lips? Yeah. Sponge, and then, of course, Ugg. Yeah. And, camp uh, Counselor Ugg. And who uh, was that voice of the guy who owned the camp? He sounded like like a really monotone. Uh, uh, Dr. Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had Zeke's uh, love interest. The male lady that would crack walnuts in her knee. Yes. And I was always a big fan. My favorite episode, uh, terrifying as it is, is uh, Zeke the Plumber. <laughs> I don't remember. It was this a episode. Halloween episode. Had that uh, uh, Zeke the Plumber was a uh, murderous, well, plumber that would be on the, at the camp. I think it was a part of uh, uh, Nick or Treat. If you will. Is that your next pick? I hope so, because that was a good transition. There we go. Yeah, it was. Look at that. You send a postcard. You practice for weeks. Nick or treat. Now it's time for Nick or treat. Nick's calling 2,500 kids all this week during the ozone and all morning on Halloween. Answer Nick or treat. 
And you'll win a glow-in-the-dark Nick t-shirt, $5 in gift certificates to McDonald's, and a package of Amazing Fruit Gummy Bears. Nick doesn't care how you sit, what you wear, who you scare. Just make sure you answer. Nick or treat! Nick or treat! Brought to you by McDonald's and Amazing Fruit Gummy Bears and... Nickelodeon! Brought to you by Onset Childhood Diabetes. <laughs> oh, um, do you... Do you remember, did you ever like sit by the phone and like hope that Nick was going to call you, that you could win? No, but I do remember okay. Nick or Treat. Yeah, so <laughs> there, there was two aspects to Nick or Treat. There was what they plugged here, which was, and it, I think it was pretty much uh, another reason to get kids to just sit around their TV longer, was that you... Too many kids are playing. We need to pump them yes. full of McDonald's and gummy bears yes. and make them... Yes. So we're going to give them TV to sit. watch... Then we're going to randomly call their house, so we're going to make them want to stay at home the whole time. And then we're also going to create some uh, interactive television that we're going to run in between running all of our Halloween shows. So what they would do is they'd have uh, a number of characters. They had um, Radar the Bat, and then uh, who else was there? Uh, Pumpkin. Uh, Joy the Werewolf, and there's a Hunchback. And they would talk to... The kids would call in, Mm -hmm. and then the kids would have to search, go trick-or-treating and search the neighborhood and look for prizes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and now some houses didn't have any prizes, and that's where you would open the door and meet uh, one of the real monsters from Ah, Real Monsters, because that's when they had debuted. I didn't realize, you know, that show debuted in 92? Are Real Monsters? Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what? It was the first addition to the Nick Tunes mm-hmm. after the original four. Yeah. Are Real Monsters was the first yeah. edition. Yeah. So, uh, and it debuted, that episode debuted on uh, Nick or Treat. And it was um, uh, just like, uh, I'm trying to think of the other episode where they just kind of walk around, but they just go up to the surface and are just walking around and they're not scaring anyone because it's Halloween and everyone thinks they're in their costumes. Mm. And then one, like a real kid gets mixed in with the monsters who looks similar to one. Oh, uh, and he goes back down with them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um, but then they also had like, you know, episodes of like Rugrats. They had like Monster in My Garage. And then they also had the Haunted House one, uh, Secret World of Alex Mack. Uh, there was a Rocco's Modern Life one. Doug had a Halloween episode. And then also, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, of course. Of course. Was the the uh, you know the cornerstone of this. And you can win all kinds of cool prizes. Well, some kind of cool prizes. And a lot, most of it was like you could win like some Nick swag. So they'd send you some crap. But I, got a, I pulled up a little, uh, a little uh, example of one of the interactive games. And... Take notice of what this young lady gets to win. Now, we got six houses, got monsters in some, and got some prizes, and the other got 40 seconds. What do you want to go to first, Stacey? Four. Four, go, go. Come on, you got to go to Dark Chateau. You got to really put your toenails in and grind it down there. Come on, come on, get up the steps. Press the doorbell. I'm a real monster, so I don't have any prizes. Stacey, where is it? Stay the shot. Go all the way down the street. You can see it way down there on the left. Come on. Watch out for the bats there. Ooh, okay, now. Watch the dead end sign. Get up there and press the doorbell. You got yourself a Sega Genesis 32X and video game. Oh, all right. Where do you want to go to next? Two. Two. Bad man, you got to keep going fast. Down to the left. Come on, Stacy. Come on. Come on, baby. You can do it. Come on. 
Come on, here we go. Try to get the new gun. Gosh darn it, you didn't get the last one, but you got a Sega Genesis game. Are you excited about that? Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, we'll be back with more Nick or Treat. And what's the only place, where's the place where only kids win? Nickelodeon. I think I got that right. No, you got that right? Yeah. I Nick did. or Treat is brought to you by McDonald's McWorld and Cool Tools by Play School. I like how they even had to cut them. We got to get the sponsorship in and just cram yeah, it. Cram that in. Now, question. Yes. Did she win a 32X or a game? A 32X game. 32X and a game. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. really a booby prize, isn't it? I, yeah, I think I'd rather get the swag. Yeah, uh, I don't have a Genesis to play this. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. All right, so you won this. Now you have to go and spend two hundred dollars on some more I hardware. I bought a thirty-two X myself at KB in the liquidation pen for twenty-three dollars. I don't need this. Um, yeah, so you would. It was a uh, a CGI, you know, street, and they would take you through it. I I wonder if it was how that if that was posted or not. But you'd have to hit your a dial tone. You'd have to hit a number. That's when you could hear to ring the doorbell and then you saw like ah, real monsters and they would run a couple of these in between you know in between shows and in between commercials all while also trying to cram mcdonald's into your brain <laughs> and uh was it cool toys or cool tools cool tools yeah i i was gonna talk about those coming up in another episode but were those uh, those tiny little tools yeah i never can, had them because I, uh, I had real tools <laughs> yeah of course you did what the hell am i gonna do with these yeah not yeah. make something well yeah, I need a I need a scroll saw, and they didn't make that. It's one of the safer power tools to have as a kid. Mm. <laughs> scroll saw. Yeah. What is that? Um, you can remove the blade, and then you have a working surface, and it's for small, intricate cuts. And of course, why would the why would a child not need a scroll saw? Then? Well, if, I mean, if you have a bandsaw, but you can't do interior cuts with that, you can't. Because with the scroll saw, you could, you know, drill a pilot and then cut it out so you can hollow out a piece. Of, you know, of course. Say you're doing some detail yeah. work or something. Right. If I was going to do detail work at ten years old, I'd get my scroll saw out. Yeah. Not my cool tools. No, fuck those. Oh boy. So Nick or Treat, what was? What's your biggest memory from Nick or Treat? Uh, just being glued to the teeth, like <laughs> glued in your basement with the blankets covering the windows. Oh no, I didn't have that. Was <laughs> on upstairs. your beanbag chair? Yeah, I was, okay. That was upstairs. Blankets okay. covered the windows. <laughs> I do remember no because um, I watched this up in my parents' bedroom because they had a phone on the side of the bed, uh, so I wanted to make sure the phone was right there because. This was back in the day, you know, the, the TV was, one was in phone, one yeah. corner house, the, the phone yeah. was on the other. Uh, eventually, we did get that extension cord that was like, you know, because originally when you'd have your phone, it was like a three-foot cord. Then you'd buy that extension that one. was in the reel? That, well, not a reel, but it was like a 10-foot cord. Okay. So it would hang down. And then eventually, it would get stretched out to the point where you had like 35 feet <laughs> of just <laughs> mangled, twisted uh, f- phone line. Right. And if you had, you know, small children or pets, it was basically a death trap. Sure. Oh, man. (laughs) All right, moving on.
Do you remember Doug Squeezer? Oh, One of the original Nicktoons. I absolutely by do. By Jim Jenkins. Now, some of you might know Doug from Disney's Doug, mm-hmm. which after four seasons of uh, Nickelodeon, ABC picked up the show and then Disney bought ABC and made a multi-million dollar deal with Doug and added it to its programming block. But I feel that the most quaint and best written episodes and my favorite all around episodes were on Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. The show was Doug in the town, Doug funny in the town of Bluffington. And he narrates a story and it's, it's it's very much a coming of age, finding yourself stories. Mm -hmm. And of course he's in love with his crush, Patty mayonnaise, and he's got his best friend Skeeter. And there's Roger Klotz who looks like Macklemore, who was the bully. (laughs) And uh, he had his dog, who was pork chop, and he was kind of anthropomorphized. 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 I don't even know if you're saying that right. Doesn't matter. I'm saying it like I say it right. <laughs> you're saying it with confidence. Absolutely. Now, in the Nick, also in the Nickelodeon one, Billy West voiced the voice of Doug. Ah. Oh, voice, okay. not the voice. Voice Doug funny. Who was also Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. and well, mainly Stimpy. I don't know. He, I don't think he did Ren. And he he was Fry from um, Futurama. He was on the Howard Stern show. Billy West. I mean, you've heard Billy West probably. He's great. But I guess he couldn't come to a terms with Disney, so they replaced him with some guy who wasn't Billy West, which wasn't good. Uh, of course, there was BB Bluff, whose dad was the mayor, and she was a rich little. Uh, spoiled heiress of the Bluff family fortune. Then Alan Moe Sleech, <laughs> the nerdy twin brothers, who are also Doug's friend, and uh, Mr. Bud Dink, uh, the, the the inventor guy who lived, I think, next door across the street. Um, Mr. Dink. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically was uh, allegorical to Jim Jenkins' life. He originally pitched it as a book, that no one was interested in until Nickelodeon, which at the time was trying to create some of its own programming. It was like, oh, can we make a show of this? And since he studied animation at uh, Ohio State University, he was all about it. So they developed the show, and it was it, it took off. It was really, really popular, and um, there was a lot of there was it was very much uh, there's a lot of style and stylistic attributes to Doug that. I think made it stand out from other shows that were similar. It it didn't kind of speak down for you or try to like teach you a lesson, mm-hmm. but like you know, Doug would learn a lesson and you would you, run parallel. You take what you can get from it. You know, it didn't preach to you, even though uh, Jenkins re- he said his religious upbringing made it into the series, but he didn't want to make it direct reference like overly religious. Just like for example, on Sunday, if the episode was set on Sunday, Doug's family is dressed in their church clothes. Uh, he, he, Jim thought it was important not to insert overly uh, religious themes into the series, but he felt it essential that each episode contain a moral. And um, yeah, he, it was a great show. And, I mean, I still watched it when I was on Disney because it was Disney Afternoon with one of my favorite shows ever, Recess. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, when it, it lost a lot of its charm after it left. Yeah, I, I got I got the sense of that. It just had a general feel to it and they changed the animation up yeah yeah they, they changed they, the they, look of the characters when you have a, a, a budget 
and sometimes, you know, it's like The Simpsons too. You know, that polish doesn't necessarily coincide with the the charm. Yeah, right. That you grew that you were used to that you grew up with. Oh boy, yeah, Doug, he'll never be the same. But it was. I mean, I, I'm sure you could still find episodes out there of the the Nickelodeon years. If you don't, if you've never seen them, check them out because they're definitely worth a watch. Now moving on to what are we talking about again? What really is going to be an actually interesting episode if you can't do that on television, believe it or not. What show is this? I don't know. Let's pour this, uh, this water over your head. Uh, uh, we tried to set that up before we went to uh, We realized after it that <laughs> we're that good, we set it up, didn't know it. Yes, and yeah, neither, neither of us knew it. No. Even we did set it up. Oh, God. <laughs> what was um, the name of the, the, guy, the stage not, manager that was always in a bad mood? Uh, Ross, Ross. Yes. Who, who's played by Les Lyle, who played all the adult male characters throughout the show. You had Abby Hard, uh, Haggard and uh, uh, Les Honest Lyle. Uh, how, many, how many episodes do you think she was in? Nine. Five. Five. I knew it was a low yeah. number. Yeah. Here's a question. What was... I didn't do any research on this show, mm-hmm. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my questions. The, when they were like chained up. Why were they chained up in like the... Was it the restaurant... Well, there was, was there a chef. There was there was uh, Barth. Barth, who ran yes. The, Barth, Barth, yes. Barth, yes. Um, and yeah, he and was then, the chef, and the dirt, and it was like a gross restaurant. Yeah. And he put the burgers under his mm-hmm. armpits. Yeah, yeah the fatties. Yeah, the show is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Uh, what's funny though is, and no matter I look at it, and it, it, at first I'm watching a couple, and I'm like it doesn't hold up, and then I'm watching more and more of it, I'm like. Not only does this show hold up, this is the kind of show we need now more than ever. But at the same time... It was, it was kind of a parody of laughing, right? Yeah, very much laughing, especially like with the locker scenes yeah, where yeah. they just do one-liners back and right. forth. Um, what was the scene where they're they're chained up though in the dungeon? There was because there were a number of uh, bits, and they would yeah they'd be chained up in the <laughs> dungeon, you know, being tortured. My personal favorite, and this is one you would never. Censors, parent Twitter would lose its goddamn mind right now if something like this made air. So play the El Capitan clip. <laughs> Ready? Aim. Yo, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop the execution. What is it this time? Well, since I'm not going to be needing it anymore, I want you to have my lucky rabbit's foot. Lucky rabbit's foot. Superstitious nonsense. It didn't do you much good, kid. Well, could, could you take it anyway? No, I don't want it. If I took it, I'd just uh, cook it in that fire. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll keep it after all. You don't remember El Capitan? No. So there was like a Panamanian dictator. Basically, This guy, he... he or he looked like a Gaddafi or, you know, someone like that, like a FARC leader. And they'd be standing there and a child would be tied to a post facing a firing squad. Oh, right, yes. right, 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 right. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and so, so they were executing children. 
Right. And then for the most part, most of the time, the kids would get the one up on El Capitan, and who was played by Les Lyle, and get him to wander in front of them while saying the word fire. And then he would be killed by the firing squad. And then the kid's like, oh, you silly goose, and walk away. Um, there were some where the kid, like they did a backwards one or something like that, and the kid tricked himself, and then the kid gets executed. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the one that's really messed, and sometimes, they, and they would tease it throughout the show. It would build until finally- I'll I completely forgot about this. This yeah, was yeah, my favorite bit um, on the show. And there was one too. It was during the drug episode. And I guess the concept was like drugs, you know, you're killing yourself. He hands the kid, he goes, well, you'll kill yourself. Hands the kid a pistol and a young teen boy on TV puts a pistol to his head. <laughs> and then basically they edit on the shot, like right before they would pull the trigger, they cut to another scene of kids being tortured, chained up in a dungeon. Yes. This show was absolutely brilliant. It was Canadian, right? Yes, it was a Canadian show. I'm Um, I'm sure it was funded in part by the Canadian government. um, And eventually Nick uh, picked it up uh, for the last couple seasons. Um, And it was intended to provide non-educational programming, which on face value you would look at it and go, yeah, it's absolute garbage. But the brilliance behind this show a lot of the subjects that they tackled, they did in very mature, very smart ways that would reach kids. Like there was the smoking episode. It was a big one. And so it'd be really easy to just go like, hey, kids, smoking's bad for you. Don't smoke. Kids don't give a shit about that. Like it goes in, they're not going to listen. So what they did was they made it all about, like there was a grossness to it. Like the one where the kid's like sitting there eating dinner and he's, and mom and dad are both smoking, which by the way, they're just filled with smoke and they're smoking on TV on a kid's show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is great. And he's thanking his mom and dad for smoking because mom's cooking is so bad that because they're smoking, he lost all sense of taste so he can't taste her <laughs> bad food. Les Lyle's walking around with a giant cigarette just smoking that. They I remember actually, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually pull him off the, at the end. It does get just a little preachy. And they, like, uh, the one girl, she's like, Les, they, and he broke character too from uh, Ross. And he's like, Thank you so much for this. You don't smoke, but you smoked like 30 packs of cigarettes to shoot this episode. And we appreciate that. And he's like, It was the most disgusting thing I've ever done. And, you know, I don't understand why people. I got paid to do this. I don't understand why people would pay to do this. And that's pretty much as preachy as that episode got. There was an episode of Learning, 90, 141, there where Alf learns to cook cats. Was this, I'm just reading I this. I don't remember that. It though. said, uh, in this ep- uh, the educational episode, the gang makes every scene a learning experience. <laughs> um, but the... The the main set, like where they would hang out, was like this geometric dome. Right, the blue and the, the white. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but the gimmick was, uh, if you say I don't know, that's when you would get slime. No, you say wa- they'd pour water on you. If you say slime, then they'd slime you, right? I think uh, I think towards the end they just started sliming. Yeah. But that's where uh, I'm assuming that's where Nick got everything. They got the whole slime thing from. Right, it is. I mean, yeah. Um. And then also uh. Bill Prady was also on the show. He's been a little successful. He came up with this little show called um, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing he's doing okay. And the Gilmore Girls. And Gilmore Girls. 
Um, and then eventually, um, it was replaced with all that, uh, as far as, because, well, then Nickelodeon, they took over the production of their variety show, if you will, and right. created all that, uh, which doesn't have the same, for being as disgusting and, you know, as it is, and you could say immature, I, I, I just think there's actually a maturity to it because it felt like they made it feel like it was the kids' show. You know, it wasn't, it didn't, you never felt like this was being written by adults because honestly, watching it, you wouldn't think that anything like that would be written by adults. But I think, I think it's a lot smarter, more important show than a lot of people would even give it credit for. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, opening animation was the children's television sausage factory? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they would, they would, they would crank out the kids and then get dumped. That's in the right. Bus, yeah, yeah. And then the kids come. Uh, well, a lot of it was in, that was inspired by a Terry Gillum yes, uh, yeah, animation. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back and watch even more because I'm kind of hooked now. I would... Okay, yeah. When they, someone says water or washed or wet, they get dumped with water. When they say I don't know, that's, that's when they get slimed. Yeah, well, um, that slime went on to be big business for Nickelodeon, which they turned into a line of merchandise. What is Jack? Jack is great stuff. Oozy. <laughs> Jack is sexy. You can pull it. Make Jack sounds. How true. Suck it up and squirt it up with a Jack back. Pump it up and blow it up with a Gat and Flager. Well, I never. Nickelodeon Gat comes in different colors, sizes, and play sets. Each sold separately. Coming soon from Mattel. Disgusting. So, <laughs> Gak is a street term for drugs, like heroin, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, in Philadelphia, particularly, when they filmed the original episodes of Double Dare, the crew, and this came from Mark Summers himself, would call the slime Gak. And you'd be like, you take that Gak here. And you the gack you go through this gack and they'd all call it gack, all the slime. Mm -hmm. And Nickelodeon ran with it <laughs> and produced a series of toys, toy slime called gack. Now there's a little history to Nickelodeon toys. They're originally made in by Fisher Price. And tell me if you had this. Green slime shampoo based on you can't do that in television. It was a soap, obviously, that was green, and you'd pretend to get slimed. It was featured as a prize in a few episodes of Double Dare, obviously. And they also made green slime liquid soap. Uh, <clears throat> do you remember any of that? I don't, no. We had it. So then Mattel, in 1992, developed GAC, which <laughs> was their, uh, their slime. And they slime. also had Floam. But then it, it blew up. It was hugely popular there was glow and gack in the dark which is glow in the dark gack there was solar gack which changed color and sunlight oh i remember that stuff there was smell my gack which was scented with different scents such as pickles flowers vanilla ice cream buttered popcorn sunscreen hot dogs pepperoni pizza and baby powder <laughs> uh there was gack activity sets there was the gack pack which was uh one container with three different it was like a, a bucket, and there's three different gacks in there. I had a gack pack. Uh, the gack vac, which would blow up your gack and make, I don't, I don't know. Uh, gacks Alive <laughs> was a dark black-colored gack that was filled with magnetic particles, like iron, mm -hmm. and it was, it was, you know, it was magnetic gack. Uh, should all this stuff, should this be handled by bare hands? 
Prop probably not, but Gat Copier. It was a playset where you draw something on a foldable foldable tablet, place some GAC on the other side, and close the tablet and transfer the drawing onto the GAC. It was basically like silly putty, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, Gacoids uh, was a container of GAC that looked like a weird creature. Um, the GAC color mixer, which was six colors of GAC, and you could mix and create your own GAC color. And then it would just get into GACs that I never heard of because they're like 2000s GAC. But of course, there was Floam, mm-hmm. which was like a beaded Floam that you could mold. It was like, like a, a molding, a uh, molding. putty. Yeah. And uh, of course, Glowed Foam. There was Zog Logs. I had these. They were multicolored logs made out of some material. It could, it could, uh, it was like a, almost like a balsa wood foam. Okay. And it came with like tools to shape, and then you could build stuff with these. So it came with like little rotary tools and like a saw, just like your oh, cute. band saw. Yeah, you could cut these zog logs with. Uh, there was smud, which was like Play-Doh, but slicker and firmer and more clay-like. And squand? Do you remember squand? I never had squand. I remember the. I remember commercials for it. Yeah. So then Jack Specific got involved and made goose and Gax Black Balls and Smatter and Squeeze and Splish Blast and Xyrofoam. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was... There was other toys, of course. There was the Color Rider, uh, which was like an Etch-A-Sketch, but drew in color. There was the ever-popular Time Blaster Alarm Clock which sells for big bucks on eBay. My little sister had one of these fucking annoying things. Do you remember that thing? I don't, know. Yeah, it's always on. You can look at it. I'll post, I'll post it on okay. uh, Instagram. And, uh, of course, there was Nickelodeon-themed electronics, like a uh, CD boombox that, that matched the Time Blaster alarm clock, the blast pads, which had, bo- had, had like he- headsets and like a tape cassette player, which they put Nickelodeon branding on it and charged mm-hmm. a fortune for garbage. Uh, then uh, there was a couple video games that were based on Nickelodeon properties. Double Dare, I think you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Funhouse, I think, had one. But yeah, that was that was toys, including GAC from Nickelodeon. And we are now on your last one. You can go to Nickelodeon Studios. Why just sit there when you can go to Nickelodeon Studios? Sits are getting packed. Mom is making up a big big snack. Singing Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. How do we get there? I don't know. It's right on the map. Come on, let's go. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. You can go there. You can? Yeah, you can. Well, you can't. You can still go there. I wanted to go so bad, but it was it was pretty cool. So what what did you see there? So, um, I, I don't remember. Brat. We're in fucking Universal Studios. What else am I supposed to do? How many times, how many times can you go on a, a movie ride that lasts about 15 to 20 seconds? Zero if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida, at the Universal Studios, uh, Florida, was a production studio and attraction. So, not only was it a place to go and check out, you know, kind of like... Uh, like we talked about um, the slime fountain. Oh, there's a slime fountain, of course. But like before last week, we were talking about MGM. Yeah, like yeah. you can go there. Well, this is more legit because you can actually go and see tapings of shows. Like, and 
or you could like what I did was um, participate in um, game the game lab shows, which was in Soundstage Seventeen, and they would bring the tour groups in, and then they had like you know like they did the the Nick Live tour. Uh, I, I talked about this no. one. They did. Uh, I think they came to Stabler and they did oh, uh, yeah, Nick yeah, Arcade yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was basically they would take portions of all the Nick games and stuff like that, and kind of just have interactive demonstrations. Like in my case, we got to go down my sister and I, and my mom and dad, and we did the um, chicken catapult, like with the slingshot, and then they had to catch the chicken in their pants with are the hula hoop pants. Are there photos of this? I believe there are. I am actually in the process of, because there's a lot of them and they're not labeled, but there, I believe there is a Betamax recording of young... Uh, wow, I would have been 11. No way. 11 year old little squeezer with his... footage and get it uploaded. With his little striped collared shirt and fanny pack. Yes. There's definitely a fanny pack involved. Oh, who didn't have a fanny pack um, back then? But I just, I still remember being scolded by, I'm sure, the fairly attractive college girl that was working part-time there that didn't want anything to do with me or anyone else or any other kid there because she would load the chickens into the slingshot and then you would pull it back and launch it. They weren't loading it fast enough for me. <laughs> so I'm like launching this thing and I'm smashing them in the hands with the slingshot thing because they wouldn't even get them in. And I just let this thing launch. It's like, it's like, don't, you got to wait. Oh, I was, yeah. a, I was a competitive I didn't want to give up. I had to beat my sister. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was part of the, uh, like from, you know, Double Dare, which they eventually, you know, they moved production from Philly down to, down to there. Um, so they had st- sound stages 18 and 19 were there, and that's where they would do Double Dare. Uh, Wienerville, you know, we talked about was there. And then um, they leased, because they needed more room, Soundstage 21 for Guts. Do, 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 do you have it? So they, they needed, they needed a, larger, a larger location for that. And sure. eventually now... Where are you going to put the aggro crag? Yeah, you need an aggro crag. And then that eventually became uh, the home for TNA Wrestling. Once oh. TNA went down there, they took over... Uh, 21 and also had the production offices and stuff and they had like the GAC kitchen mm. you know and there were like tubes and you can go through and you can actually see production throughout the facility now it is a uh, the location for a blue man group show Aww. yeah uh, some of the stuff like they gutted uh, soundstage 21 and a lot of like the lower floors and a lot of stuff they although all that Nick prop stuff went into storage but from what I hear, the second floor, a lot of that, like where it's kind of just office space and stuff, a lot of that Nick stuff is still kind of there. Like they didn't bother to, if it's not in public view, why go through the effort of, you know, changing anything up. So you could still go uh, down. We work in television. We understand this. Who gives a fuck what you see? Right. Yeah. You could, 1969 through 1989 television history was in our basement for the longest time at our studio. <laughs> um. So, and then eventually what happened was uh, in the late 90s, like they started getting away from, once they started making money, because, you know, like you said earlier, they, it cost too much to make a show like Salute Your Shorts. 
and these game shows were cheap, you know, really cheap to make. And once you have them all in-house, but eventually Nickelodeon starts making more money and then they start doing more single camera and close set production stuff. And you need a bigger facility. And you need with, to be in LA. You need to be in either LA or New York. Right. So they started moving pretty much most of their production out to LA and that slowly declined uh, Nick Studios. They weren't doing nearly as many game shows and stuff. And there was the overhead of keeping that place functioning just to have tour groups come through. It wasn't uh, wasn't a viable option for him. So, yeah. So uh, in uh, April of 2005, Nick Studios was no more. So 15 years, 1990 to 2005, Nick Studios was a was a part of our life. Hmm. Well. A show that was not shot at Nick Studios, but was a huge staple and probably one of the foundation shows for me in my writing today, this day. And I would say one of the, probably if not the best, one of the most well-written kids shows to ever exist. So during this credit sequence, a few, I'll give you some clues. You're not, you're not remembering, but I'll bring you up to speed. Mm-hmm. Someone who was featured on this credit sequence was Mom and Mom's Plate, which could not only pick up radio stations, but also broadcast them. There was, this is going to give it away, Artie, the world's strongest man. Oh, you clearly didn't watch the show. There was Petunia. And there was Pete and his little brother Pete. Oh, shit. Yeah. This show was my favorite. I was obsessed with it. I have made sure to record. I, I was into it when they just were commercials, like shorts. Mm-hmm. And then they did the actual show. And I have... The, the, all, this song by Polaris is actually on my my iPad, iPod, uh, iPhone now playlist. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about the show. Petunia was the tattoo on Little Pete's That's arm. That's right, yes. Artie the World's Strongest Man was played by Toby Huss, who was the whiz in the Seinfeld episode, Nobody Beats Me. He was Frank Sinatra, singer who sold the fake ID and Vegas Vacation. And he was the voice on one of my favorite cartoons of all time. King of the Hill of Cotton Hill and Khan Suvanusaphone. Uh, this show was brilliant. It was surreal and genius. And it was supposed to take place in Wellsville, a fictional Wellsville, but it was Wellsville, New York. Because there was an episode where older Pete uh, ran to the Canadian border to get rid of the bowling ball. Uh, the, so, But it was all shot in South Orange, New Jersey and all places all around New Jersey. And I, this show was just so awesome and i always like lived to to re like i remember when it came out re-released on dvd years ago i went and picked it up at best buy immediately because uh, i I just want more adventures of big pete and little pete wrigley and uh yeah so you remember their mom had uh the plate in her head 
That's right. I, when and you the, said, and when they did the credits, see, when they you showed said, mom. See, here's and why then they I showed got mom's confused. plate. When you said plate, I thought like you know I was thinking dinner plate. No, the plate in our head. I'm hungry. But yes, <laughs> no, I do. And Don Wrigley, which was their mm-hmm. dad, and of course Alan Josephine Hickel, which was uh, older Pete's best friend, and then a little uh, Michelle Trachtenberg played Nona F. Mecklenburg. F stand for Francis, like my sister's middle name, but she preferred it to be Frank <laughs> Farvin Gurgen or Forklift. And my sister likes to go by Frank, too. Oh. So, yeah, she was a fan of the show, too. We all were. Um, it, was a, it was a great, so weird, so surreal. Uh, and really. But you're right, though. Probably the most well-written kids show. Oh, my God. It was so well-written. So, in the. I was obsessed that the principal was played by Adam West. Also, <laughs> it was it was really it was good for me at the age I was to watch a show like this. Mm-hmm. I think everyone who was around that age too being treated like being provided equal TV. Well, that's all what Nickelodeon was all about. Yeah. We talked about that with SNCC in our 1992. Like this was a block of television like aimed for us. It didn't mm-hmm. talk down to us or didn't feel like was made for our parents but we could also enjoy but i would almost think pp almost it's an adult show that kids watch uh yeah i guess so but it really talked to us you know (laughs) but it didn't i don't know it was it was a snick show obviously Mm -hmm. and um I I just there's there's not anything else to say, but I just always really enjoyed the show. I thought it was hysterical. I wanted my own petunia tattoo. <laughs> uh, I loved Little Pete mm-hmm. as being a little brother. You know, I'm just okay. related with Little Pete, and I liked I liked their relationship, Pete and Pete. You know, I me and my brother have a great relationship, and you know, it was it was good to see that on TV. It was really I think the show premiered, and I'm looking up here. Uh, 91, yeah. Went to 91 to 96. That's a pretty good run, mm-hmm. especially for a Nickelodeon show. Well, the Pete and Pete shorts began in 89, and then they turned it into half-hour specials in 91, and then a regular series by 93. <clears throat> Still showing on Splat. Um, a lot of people think it might have been the greatest children's show ever. And they never released the third season on DVD, but you can find them. And Artie, the world's strongest man, left in that season anyway, so Mm. he was replacing the credits by Nona. So, yeah, that's that's Nickelodeon. Part of Nickelodeon. Part. I wanted to talk, remember Gullah Gullah Island? Oh yeah, yeah. So I, you had a sister the same age as mine. Mm-hmm. So before in uh, 1994, when this show came out, Gullah Gullah Island, I'm gonna give you a little bonus here because fuck it. <laughs> uh, that was the same year in summer that FX premiered. So all those stories I told you last week about watching FX, well, when we woke up, we had to suffer, and it turned out not so much suffering through my sister wanting to watch Nick Jr., which had Allegra's window and Gullah Gullah Island. I remember specifically, and Gullah Gullah Island was based on the Gullah culture of uh, African-Americans. So I was reading up on that. Do you know, it's, it's uh, f- 
from these enslaved Africans uh, keeping their culture back to their people in Africa. And <clears throat> the show was, was made to not directly teach kids, like a to like not teach kids a lesson that they need to memorize. It was made to ma help kids think and make the right decision on their own. And the creator's wife and kids were in the show, and then they had Binya Binya Pollywog, which was that frog. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, we, my sister was eight at the time. She loved the show. And Gullagula Island. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, we would watch it until we'd turn FX on. But that was, that was her show. On a rainy day, like a day like this in the summer after school's out, mm -hmm. it was rainy here on the East Coast. That's Nickelodeon ratings would go through the roof. Of course. And we did not talk Hey Dude, which no. which featured Allentown's own Christine Taylor. That's true. And we all, she was she went to Central Catholic. I, I, we're from the Lehigh Valley area of Pennsylvania. And um, being a Catholic school kid, my brother went to Central Catholic. We all knew of Christine Taylor mm. on Hey Dude would later go on to marry Ben Stiller. But yeah, there, these things we could talk more in depth on another... Oh, we can do a whole episode of just famous people from here. What do we got? Billy Kidman. <laughs> what? Who is the dumb girl from Mean Girls? Amanda Seyfried. She went down. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I think that's it. I got my nasty boys. Oh, the nasty boys. Yeah. Well, wrestling. We Wrestle should, well, yeah, we can. We should do a whole thing of how wrestling. We should do some research. We'll talk to Dave Donio. All right. Talk to some people. Do some research on, on how... Wrestling was a hotbed in the downtown area and and a kind of a scandal because not only did Jimmy Snuka maybe kill his girlfriend at the time allegedly. George, allegedly in the George Washington Motor Lodge, but also allegedly Vince McMahon ran his steroid ring out of said motor lodge. Which is now a Home Depot. Yeah. Which replaced both a Heckinger's and Rickles up the street, which I just found some stuff in my garage with like stickers from these hardware stores that haven't existed in 25 years <laughs> i was so excited to find i'm gonna post those there's a tangent i was missing from this show we kind of stuck the topic also well speaking of sticking the topic thanks to uh you can't do that on television yes uh roger price who created and produced the show also created another show a show that i had been trying to figure out what it was and I spoke about before in the show that I couldn't figure out. I'm just throwing out random images and concepts from the show that I never remembered about these uh, Canadian or British kids. Oh, uh, you've been talking that, about this on forever. the beach. Yeah, and I've been trying to figure out for years. And it is the Tomorrow People. I finally found it. So now I'm going to be on this long, long viewing uh, session of the Tomorrow People and catching up on this. See, it's actually, if it's even worth talking about, I just remember this show. And it was actually a remake of a 70s show created by Roger Price. And then the CW actually did a reboot of it, like in 2015, that lasted a season. Hmm. So, yeah, thanks to uh, doing our Nick show, and you can't do it on television, I finally solved a little riddle that I've, that's been Buggy. trying to... Oh, it, easily for probably 10 years, I've been trying to figure this out. Well, we figured it out, and we said it all. Well, not all of it, but we said it all that we came here to say. Until today. we run out of steam and about trail off. And yeah. So what are we talking about next week? Do we have a plan? Nope. This is going to be a surprise. This week was a good pull of Nickelodeon. Yeah. Well, who knows what we'll do next week, but I can guarantee it will be about rat ears 
theme soon. <laughs> We're going to play it like a beaten horse. Right? I don't know what a beaten horse is. I don't know, but we're going to play it like one. I like horses. We're gonna, that's got to become a thing now, we say. Play it like a beaten play horse. Play it like a beaten horse. Yeah. Tentagon. Tentagon. <laughs> All right, for this Tentagon episode of Rad Years, I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Good night, everybody. Good night.